0: Are you experienced? (laughs) Have you ever been been experienced? We're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 458, coming at you this week, uh, a.k.a. Year 9, week 34. As always, I am your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... MC and... KS. And since this is your regularly scheduled Saturday broadcast, we are on The Clubhouse. Uh, The club is The Anarchist Experience, or The House, I guess is how they're doing it now. The House is The Anarchist Experience. Or you can at me at riches for rich r i c h e s number four r i c h and I will click the little button to invite you when we go live um uh, yeah, that seemed rather short this time. What's going on with you guys this week? um Did you know we're at war with Yemen? yeah, apparently, I don't know why i've been i've been down and out for like the past three days uh my boss decided that you know he didn't want to take sick days until like a couple of days ago. After prodding on my behest, like, dude, just stop coming in. If you're gonna show up to work and do nothing, just stay home and do nothing, and like recover faster. So he got me sick, and then I, you know, showed up to work because he finally took a sick day, and I got my coworker sick, who came into work like just cursing us, like, "Fuck both of you guys!" You know, I'm, uh-huh. like I warned you, man. But yeah, I so I you know I've been a little out of it, but I, I fire up the old news feed. And it was like, you know, U.S. attacks Yemen. I go, okay, I need, I need history. I need backstory. You know, even if I were paying attention, this probably would have hit me out of left field. But it makes no sense at all. So, yeah, if, if, if you have insight, please share. I guess
1: I have a little bit. All right. But not much. Um, started back in 2014 with the U.S. supporting Saudi against Yemen. And they've been... Starving them out and uh, just treating Yemen very badly for since 2014 at least. Um, recently, I think though Yemen was uh, giving support to Gaza, and that's probably what prompted this latest attack. So I don't know how true all that is, uh, but we're actually you know bombing Yemen now. So and uh, they've
0: declared war on us. Well, at least they have the The, balls to like declare war, right? uh, The Yemenis
2: um, were firing some rockets at ships in the Red Sea, which is uh, the pathway through the Suez Canal uh, between Asia and and Mediterranean Europe and U.S. And um, so it was shutting down. Well, at first, their attacks were just against um, Israeli-related ships, but then they started attacking... U.S. and British ships because they were supporting Israel in uh, in Gaza, and so the United States um, presumes to be the guarantor of the flow of U.S. shipping wherever it happens to be. I mean, ever since the Barbary Wars, um, you know, way back in Thomas Jefferson's time, which I think is the error. You know, even Thomas Jefferson was in error in presuming that. It was the government of the United States that had to be the guarantor of all American shipping. Whereas I consider that the insurance and protection costs of any commercial activity outside the United States should be the cost at the cost of the, and the activity of the shipper themselves, the people doing the business abroad. Because otherwise it draws people into a war, such as Yemen, where I would say 99% of the population, if you ask them where Yemen is, they wouldn't be able to answer that. Guilty. They have no interest in it, Yemen, but the U.S. government has an interest on behalf of shippers, and and therefore they reduce the cost of shipping through dangerous areas.
0: I I, at the great I hear expense your point. Taxpayers. Yeah, no, I, I hear your point, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with that. But if 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 the Yemenese government is firing rockets at merchant ships. It would stand to reason that some
2: sort of security firm would act as a protectorate Sure, even if even as, if it's the the not cost. the US government as long I mean as long as it's not US taxpayers having to pay for it. I mean, you know the shippers They put armed guards on board. They have security firms. They can hire uh, You know any kind of security firm to protect their their ships as they as they go Right. And this has become a, a kind of a surrogate war because the Iranians are funding the Yemenis um, with these rockets and uh, funding in order to be able to do this. Well, if the shipping companies want to go after the source of the funding, then have them go after Iran. But that's their business.
0: Yeah, now, yeah, it I've... could
2: be Americans will say, oh, well if they cut off the shipping okay that's going to add a tremendous cost and time delay for uh... the supply chains of of goods going around the world and it's a huge source i understand that uh, about forty percent of the traffic through the red sea has been curtailed because of this uh... of this uh... hostile action but that's uh... you know then then that raises the cost of uh, of the getting the stuff and People should pay whatever it takes to get private entrepreneurs to deal with the cost of, in, of security.
0: Okay. But I don't, again, I'm not going to disagree. It, it just seems, it seems odd that a private security firm would then be at war with Yemen. Right? Like, how do, I don't even, how do you envision that playing out? Like, who do they go after? Just the guys firing the rockets? Or do they do like a hostile takeover of the, of the Yemeni's government?
2: Well I would think it I mean the US government itself has intercepted some of these rockets, um and they've gone after the bases, you know, the source bases of where they're being fired. Right. Um yeah, so I What's, I would guess yeah, a security firm. Now remember Ross Perot did his private security operation to rescue people from his company who were trapped in Iran after the revolution in nineteen seventy nine. Well, he did it with a private uh, just private arrangement and we would have privateers we had historically privateers uh operating on the high seas all the time when governments wanted to compete with each other but they didn't want to do it with their own forces they gave prizes to the or and sanction to um privateers who did that much more efficiently on their own that's why in the US constitution we have letters of mark and reprisal where it authorizes uh... the government to just um, okay private action against uh, uh... foreign uh... foreign threats whether it be piracy on the high seas or or government uh... action as they were with the british and the french uh... military and that would be i i think that would be a far better way to have dealt with such things as uh... Saddam hussein or uh... You know, instead of going to war with trillions of dollars and massive military might against the population, just allow privateers to do the targeting of whoever's the offensive uh, actor. That
0: that theory seems all well and good uh, when the weapons of war were a little bit more equal, right? Like if you're if you're ta- if you're talking about a private security firm, that's Sig- obviously, going to be significantly smaller than any you know than the United States military, right? They're they're not going to have the weapons or a technology
2: of the United States military. No, any. they do. They're the ones that make the weapons. And as a matter of fact, they're already hired as the contractors for. Remember how much of operations in in Afghanistan and Iraq were done by private contractors? They're private companies, huge companies. Halliburton, for example, is no small entity. And also keep in mind that it was the small entities in Afghanistan and Vietnam that defeated the U.S. military and the and the Soviet military because they were guerrilla fighters and knew how to effectively use uh, military activity, even though it's much, much overwhelmed by the massive weaponry and, and expense of the major powers.
0: So you're just going to put like a, a, a small mercenary group on the merchant ship and then the rocket comes from wherever it's launched from and... And then what?
2: Well, I I don't know all the ways that they would do it. I suspect you know you've seen these uh, films about uh, how the seals are sent out as a special target group to go after villains. Well, instead of having it be the U.S. government seals, have it be the seals of um, private company X. I would bet that that if Elon Musk set his mind to it, he'd be much more effective at at uh, defeating. Um, you know, aggressive actors than, than the US government. Okay.
0: I mean, it, it, sounds, it sounds all well and good in theory, but when you don't know, when you don't know where they're launching from, right, it's, it's coming from Yemen and just, you know, hitting ships in the canal,
2: right? I don't... Well, look how ineffective the US government is. When they retaliate against, well, because that rocket came from Yemen, uh, we're gonna blast all of Yemen. And kill lots and lots of innocent civilians because they're collateral damage. Well, um, that's because they are held uh, without any kind of liability. There's there's sovereign immunity when the government does all this collateral damage, and they may not have even had um, any effect at at the actual uh, launchers of the missiles. We don't know. Um, private actors, at least you could hold them. Liable for actions against um, innocent bystanders. I okay. mean, this is this is sort of playing out in in Gaza right now too. I think it's rather bizarre that that uh, Israel is um, claims immunity for the thousands of innocent people they're killing on the on the basis of well, that's just collateral damage and getting the hum, getting Hamas.
0: Well, yeah, as as a nation state is wont to do. Mm-hmm. So I just again, it's the 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 theory sounds good I just don't see a small mercenary team being able to stop rockets Aimed at ships from afar, right? You'd, you'd have to you would have to figure out some other anti-rocket Mechanism,
2: you know mobile on the ship right to well, stop that from in, landing. I could imagine well just envisioning I would think it would be drones Okay, that could be operated uh, by private entities that would uh, seek out the source of a of a missile attack and and go right at the source. Right. And The U.S. military tries to do that with the uh, ISIS in Syria, for example. They um, um, identify electronically somehow uh, what the source of of their activity is, and they target and and go after. The ISIS uh, players in, in Syria, and that's another country that the U.S. has been long involved with. And whenever was Congress did Congress ever authorize a, a war against Syria? But uh, yeah, and I'm guessing that most all of the players are still private companies that that are contracted to do even that.
0: Yeah. So with if, with uh, with Iran back, backing them, though, right? How does how does that extend how far the private enterprise can go? Right. Do they are they trespassing? Are they sneaking into Iran? To stop the funding source. Right. Mm, like it's, it's easy. If yeah. you're the U.S. military, it's easy. Right. You just go, OK, we're going to bomb them. Now. <laughs> right. But private enterprise with all this extra liability and responsibility and, you know, can't do this. Can't do, like they're they they're hamstrung by morality a little bit when it comes to neutralizing a threat,
2: perhaps just last week the us military attacked and killed um an iranian or or uh, a um somebody in in lebanon and in iraq iraq sort of protested say well you know you should at least uh inform us that you're going to do this don't just shoot somebody on our territory and and say that's justified but the us government does that yeah and there's no immunity and no no challenge to it I think with uh, private players, they'd be a lot more careful about um, who they offended because they could be held liable. Because the U.S. government, I, I don't think there's any morality in the... Um, well, that's uh, what I'm uh, saying. Morality is very murky there, for sure.
0: That's what I'm saying. But the, we're, we're talking about war where morality is a little more suspect, right? And if, you, if you've got a private enterprise that has to follow rules and you've got the U.S. government that doesn't have to follow rules... Right, presumably, the one who doesn't have to follow all the rules will get things done more effectively, like if you're if you're a bounty hunter and, and you like you know you're going to go get a guy in a non extradition country right it's a lot easier just to go grab him, drag him across the border than it is to go like, "Oh, no, we can't do anything
2: they're non extradition. our hands are tied, like no, you just go get them. yeah yeah and and actually um that Justification is what allows a lot of aggressive unjustified behavior that's why governments uh can do so much more damage and and it's sanctioned somehow because they well it was done by a government uh when it shouldn't be you know um yeah I'd say that's uh i mean you're you're right they they can be more effective at doing that, but then that's that's the argument that they've always used for why a dictatorship is more effective at protecting a country. Uh, but then a dictatorship you can't even restrain them against their behavior against their own people or against innocent people abroad so there's there's a trade off yeah you know
0: i mean there's a libertarian I, case for monarchy cuz at least you know who the enemy is right <laughs>
2: <Like that. laughs> yeah yeah that um book by Hans hermann Hoppe about uh how democ- uh monarchy is better than democracy i i don't buy his uh, his um Argument uh, at all, but I mean, yeah, that's just trading Tweedledee for Tweedledee for Tweedledum. Yeah,
0: but if you know, if if what what is why does the United States government have such a problem declaring war? Like, do they think they're not going to get the votes? I mean, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't change anything, but you know,
1: well, it's because they they assume it's not necessary. Everything we do is uh, in the, uh, our defense. <laughs> so, <laughs> a defense of the U.S. or our our allies, you know. This, so this all that we're doing to help Israel is, of course, looked looked at uh, negatively by uh, Iran and Yemen and
0: yeah. So, but I mean, Ron Ron Paul offered you know when he was in Congress or whatever offered the declarations of war, voted against it or whatever. But they you know. Like if we're going to do this, let's do it by the book do the and i I'm, I'm just curious like if they if you know if if the president went to Congress and said, "I need a declaration of war because we're going to bomb Yemen like, is, are they not going to give it to him I mean obviously he's going to do it anyway, but like you know it's, it's not
1: it's not popular for for Congress to vote for war, and that's why they gave up that responsibility
2: okay, is it not popular it, what 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 yeah. is requires a declaration is some some evidence then, some, some um, you know, oh, let's justify it. And they don't want to justify it.
0: No, like you already justified war. it.
2: They're they're bombing American merchant ships. They're being funded by Iran, right? They're harming well, American that, consumers. I mean, the, those are the assertions. But then if Congress is being asked to vote for a declaration of war, then presumably they have to investigate the allegations, don't just take the... The, the word for it. For example, in Vietnam, the word of the administration was that the Turner Joy and the Maddox were two American destroyers 12 and a half miles off the shore of Vietnam who were attacked by the Vietnamese um, uh, gunboats. Congress just accepted that. Um, Senator uh, William Fulbright said years later, had I known that there was no attack, and had all the information been known, I would never have supported that Tonkin Gulf Resolution that, that took U.S. into that Vietnam. Well, so the, if, if they had had to investigate, as his job was to do so, um, then there wouldn't have been a war.
0: Are you giving the Congress too much credit to think that they're actually going to investigate? Well, yeah,
2: that's, that's the question, too, but at least they but, don't even give a chance.
1: But the point, the point I was trying to make is that they don't even want the responsibility. It's not popular okay. to 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 be the one voting for war. It's better to say, "Oh, well, the president knows best and our our secretive government organizations never make a fault." So, uh let them do it. And then if something goes wrong, well, it wasn't my fault. It's just, you know, the government doing what it always does
2: and That's exactly right. I mean, you think were two people who voted against the Tonkin Gulf, Gulf resolution they both lost their next election because they uh, were against the war. And then 10 years later, they were the two that were considered heroes out of office and voted out. But the heroes, because they saw, foresaw what, what a disaster it was going in. But I mean, you know, I think today. that's proving the
0: opposite, right? You vote yes for war, and people keep you in office because you're protecting yeah. America. Yeah. It's not unpopular to vote for war. It's the American way.
1: Yeah, but it was just a resolution yeah yeah not, not a declaration of war that's
0: right, right. <laughs> uh, but i mean i uh, num- number one i think you i think we're giving congress too much credit to think they're going to investigate and i think number two we're giving the american populace too much credit to think that they're mostly anti-war
1: uh
0: i think the anti-american war the, Amer- the american
1: population is very is is easily scared and e- e- easily manipulated yes and but but also just the perception of the public is also easily manipulated, and so, um, for for example, the the uh, the climate change thing. If you if if you ask somebody, uh, is climate change a crisis? Most people will say yes, only because they want to be seen as they care about the environment. You know, are they panicking about the the climate? No, <laughs> that's what a crisis means. But they will say yes, and so they will automatically say they support basically anything, uh, you know, carbon tax credits, whatever, and it will actually make their lives horrible Yeah. because they're not given all the information. They're only given a yes or no. Is, is climate change a problem or not? And, this, and so they'll, just, they'll yeah. just go along with
0: So uh, in his re-election ad, you know, it'll be Senator Johnson voted yes to protect you and your, and your products from mm-hmm. those dirty Yemenis people. Right, who are trying to take away the American dream, and the other side's going to look weak, right, By saying, you know, we voted against the war because we like peace, and we don't think we have any business in Yemen. And then the other side will go, you know, that other Congress, you know, that that other Congress person wants you to pay more by not protecting you from the Yemenis people, and they'll be manipulated into supporting it. I mean, it's. It's it's like there's a playbook, and they just run the plays. I just the mm-hmm. the the dumbfounding thing to me is why they just don't run the war play, right? Because they're like, I don't, you know. Oh my goodness, they didn't get all the votes for war. Now now we're hamstrung, right?
1: Well, we've been we've been supporting Saudi Arabia against Yemen for many years, we're more than ten now, or about ten. Yeah. So uh, they they don't want. Us to know that they're at war when they
0: are, and well, but and it's clear they, now if they're sure. bombing them outright. <laughs> the only the only difference is now it's like like it hit me out of left field, right? Like what what is going on here? You know, again, I've been out of it a little bit, but still, you know, if you, with, without that declaration and without the the justification, right, the the American public just goes like, what is what is going on? But if you feed them the information, right over Over the course of ten years, about how this is good for them and protecting them, then you just manipulate them into doing whatever you want anyway
2: this has been an offshoot in in yemen for for decades since um, Yemen is divided between the two Muslim factions, the Sunnis who are supported by Saudi Arabia and the Shia who are supported by iran and that's been going on for decades, so when Iran supported the the Shia. To take over Yemen, then the U.S. supported Saudi Arabia, and Saudi Arabia supported the northern Yemenis against the against the southern. And this has been going on for so long. It's been it's been a religious battle that the United States had no business getting into at all. It's just uh, surrogate wars for the um, for Saudi Arabia and Iran, and now it's spilling over into this. And I would bet anything that it's going to spill over further because already it's. It's um, brought in a lot of other challenges. Then, from the the whole region is going to side either with the Yemenis or or the, the Israelis on this uh, on this issue, and it'll spread.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit more oh. difficult to take the Yemenis side on this one
2: when they're attacking um, innocents, I guess. Well, but the U.S. funded and provided the weapons for Saudi Arabia that that slaughtered lots of innocents in their rocket attacks for years. So it becomes headlines when American ships seem to be in jeopardy in the Red Sea, but it wasn't headlines at all for for decades when the Saudis were slaughtering the general population um, in Yemen with American missiles years before. Okay. Does that matter who sells
0: them the missiles? I feel like that's just capitalism.
2: Like if you're a missile well, manufacturer, you ought to arm both sides. Who cares? Yeah, but uh, who who not who sells, but who funds it? And if okay. it's U.S. taxpayers that fund weapons systems, that then um, get sold. I think if if the U.S. government is going to fund whole weapons systems, then they have some responsibility of where those weapons systems are sold.
0: Okay. And I mean,
2: you know, and often it's U.S. Um, military assistance that pays for it too. It's like going after the gun manufacturers when some kid shoots
0: up a school. Like they had nothing to do with that.
2: Yeah, you're right. But if the if the if the US taxpayers were paying for the for the money to, to hand it out to thugs on the street um, to go kill kids in the school, then then you'd, <laughs> you'd be more concerned. Yeah. Anything else on Yemen?
0: Uh no. Anything else going on? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> What's up? The sky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. Like I said, I like I said, I've been I've been mostly asleep for three days. So if if things are happening, they're happening without my knowledge. Headlines then? Sure. sure. All right. I'm gonna read this one first because it might tie in a little bit to what's going on here. Uh, headline undercover FBI agents helped autistic teen plan trip to join ISIS. Uh <laughs> Headline nice. New Hampshire bill would allow employers to pay employees with gold or silver. Headline Denver deputies suspended for shooting into neighbor's home. Headline U.S. foreign policy is a scam built on corruption. Headline The cheap populism of bashing CEO pay. Uh, headline How John Deere hijacked copyright law to keep you from tinkering with your tractor. Uh, headline Ray Epps dodges prison sentence, gets probation, community service for telling J Sixers. To go into the Capitol. There's a follow-up on that one too that I don't have in front of me. Uh, headline, twenty-two states raise the minimum wage. What does this mean for low skilled workers? And finally, headline: criminality in the White House, the rise of the political psychopath. Anywhere in particular, any one of those jumps (laughs) out at you?
2: They're all wild, whatever you guys go for.
0: Let's let's do the autistic one then, and then maybe we'll get to the probably get to the Ray Epps one. Uh, undercover FBI agents help autistic team plan trip to join ISIS. Four FBI agents posing as ISIS members began chatting online with Hamza Mashkour when he was 16 year o- years old. He was arrested on terrorism charges weeks after his 18th birthday. Uh, Hamza Mashkur just cleared uh, had just cleared security at Denver International Airport when the FBI showed up. The agents had come to arrest the 18 year old who is diagnosed with a developmental disability, and charged him with terror-related crimes. At the time of the arrest, a relative later said in court, Mashkur was reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid, a book written for elementary school children. Mashkur had gone to the airport on December 18th to fly to Dubai, and from there to either Syria or Afghanistan as part of his alleged plot to join the Islamic State. The trip had been spurred by over a year of online exchanges, starting with Moshkur was 16 years old with four people he believed were members of ISIS. According to the Justice Department's criminal complaint, the four were actually undercover FBI agents, and as a result of his conversations with the FBI, Moshkur could face a lengthy sentence for attempting to provide material support to a terrorist organization. At an initial (laughs) court hearing... Family members said that Mashkur, who had just turned 18 just a few weeks prior to the arrest, had intellectual difficulties and been diagnosed with autism. Despite acknowledging Mashkur's family support at his young age, the judge ordered that he be detained while awaiting trial. It is not lost on this court that Mr. Mashkur is a young man with possible mental illness and a diagnosis of of high-functioning autism. It's clear he has a sea of familial support, the judge said. But based on this evidence, there's no reasonable assurance here that the court can simply chalk all this up to the defendant simply being a young man. Law enforcement agents first became aware of Moshgur's online activity in support of ISIS in November 2021, but instead of alerting his family, Moshgur's lawyers told The Intercept, FBI agents posing as ISIS members befriended him a year later and strung him along until he became a legal adult. It is appalling that the government never once reached out to his parents even while they were sending undercover agents to befriend him online starting when he was 16 years old, said Joshua Herman, a defense attorney representing Moshkor. Almost all of the conduct he is alleged to have committed took place when he was a juvenile. Uh, More details may emerge on the circumstances of Moshkor's ill-fated attempt to join ISIS, but the facts as laid out in the complaint are hallmarks of terrorism prosecutions based on FBI stings. A young man with developmental disabilities, already on a police's radar due to mental health episodes and conflicts with family, groomed as a minor over a long period of, by a group of undercover FBI agents. Mashkur's case also follows a pattern of FBI sting operations in which a teenager is arrested shortly after their 18th birthday. As in similar cases, the court documents suggest that Mashkur was limited in his ability to execute a terrorism plot on his own. The case appears consistent with a common fact pattern seen in tens if not hundreds of terrorism-related cases in which the FBI has effectively manufactured terrorist prosecutions, said Sahar Aziz, a national security expert and law professor at Rutgers University. In this case, it was a 16-year-old kid who otherwise would have just sat in his relative's basement posting offensive content in a manner similar to a white supremacist or a Proud Boy. People whom the FBI does not spend enormous resources to entrap just so they can get a high-profile press release. Known to police. Mashkur first came onto the authorities' radars for social media posts around the time of his 16th birthday. According to the complaint, Mashkur began posting in support of terrorism in November 2021. And a platform he used alerted the FBI of suspicious activity. In July 2022, local police were called to Mashkur's home after he allegedly assaulted a family member during a dispute. At the time, according to the court filings, a relative told police about Mashkur's mental il- illness and autism diagnosis. Two months later, Mashkur began communicating with an undercover FBI agent posing as a member of ISIS. Uh, the, that agent eventually introduced Mashkur to three other FBI agents impersonating ISIS members. With their encouragement, Mashkur developed a plan to support the terror group. Along with extensive discussions on what types of services he might provide ISIS, Mashkur regularly confided in the agents about his boredom, family problems, hopes of getting married, and his struggles with his mental health. He constantly referred to being a minor, complained that being under 18 and subject to the monitoring of family members made it hard for him to travel or send funds, including cryptocurrency transactions, that he could not figure out how to conduct. Mashkur's anxieties come through in the chats, including the indictment, most of which are limited to his sides of the conversations. At one point, he told an agent that he was considering finding a wife who might be willing to join him in Afghanistan, but he worried about possibility of abandoning her if he, were, if he was killed. Mashkur also went back and forth about whether he even wanted to join ISIS throughout the chats with the undercover agents, Mashkur expressed support for ISIS and fantasized about fighting uh, with militants abroad, but he also shared doubts about joining the group as well as concerns that he lacked connections of his own in Afghanistan and Syria. In one message, he worried that brothers there might not support me in getting married and may just strap something on me and throw me out into the field. (laughs) He may. uh, He suggested at one point instead of getting a job and finish high school. Uh, In early December, Mashkur failed to show up to a flight he had booked to Dubai It's unclear whether his apprehension played a role. He told FBI agents that he had come down with COVID. The whole case demonstrates the low level of maturity and social skills often found in people who suffer from autism, says Thomas Durkin, one of Moshgur's lawyers. He is fantasizing and making up plans to go to Afghanistan that he could not possibly realize on his own. In their conversations, agents warned Moshgur that life won't be easy after joining ISIS. While continuing to offer help plan his journey, Despite second thoughts, Moscow eventually appeared to take the FBI up on their offer and went to the airport weeks after he turned 18. Staying here, even another second is torture, and I've only been putting up up an act to please those around me, uh, he had told one of the agents. But what will it matter, if anything, once I'm 18 and gone? The FBI's terror plan. Throughout the period that he was under investigation, it's unclear how much meaningful contact Mashkoor had with actual members of ISIS. When he originally came onto law enforcement's radar, he was alleged to have been in communication with other supporters of the group, some of, who, some of, some of whom were later arrested in foreign countries. At one point during the investigation, he gave an undercover FBI agent contact information for someone he said he found in an online ISIS publication that individual, unnamed in court documents, solicited cryptocurrency from the undercover agents and appeared to offer them assurances that it was possible to travel to ISIS territories. In conversation with an agent, Mashkur also alluded to an ISIS contact who had suggested he conduct an attack in the U.S., but Mashkur said he preferred to travel abroad. But Mashkur's most substantive planning, the action that landed him under a federal terrorism indictment, took place entirely with the group of undercover FBI agents who were in close contact with him over several months, testing the willingness of a vulnerable young man to commit a crime. It's clearly a waste of government resources, said Aziz, the law professor. If there was a serious terrorist threat in America, the FBI would not be spending its time in trapping a mentally ill minor. The family members who went with Mashkur to the Denver airport that day he was arrested had been unaware of his plans, according to the court documents, and did not know he was leaving the country in one of these final conversations with an fbi agent mosh had worried about his upcoming trip and the toll it would have on his family he asked the agents whether he would be permissible to leave behind a message for them uh, as he later told uh, as he told another agent he had tried to think of something to say to his father but whenever he tried to convey that he was leaving for good his throat clenches and nothing comes out my family know i am leaving but don't know why and they are very sad it's been having a toll on my mental health Moshkor told the agent I don't know how to properly say my final goodbyes to them or how to convey the reason why i left without compromising myself
2: i think that uh, the article. telling about that wasn't it didn't they say in there that of all the th- things that were revealed only his side of the conversation was real they they redacted yeah. everything Something that like was that, said yeah. by the agents that's that's stupid i mean if the agents are removes you know, all context of what was being said that's right. I mean, I, I think it'd be really telling to see how hard the pressure was to uh, to join, to do this, and all the all the manipulations and all that. And that it was all always, always the FBI agents, right? Yeah, I mean, like it the- doesn't seem like there was any. And um, in, in, apparently, initially, before the FBI got involved, there may have been some contact with people who claim to be ISIS, but I imagine a lot of those things are scams too. Um, but then, uh, clearly the FBI was the, the major drivers, I mean, according to this article. Yeah, yeah. Just,
0: just another one of those FBI's, you know, entrapping, entrapping people who otherwise couldn't do anything and helping them along until they get to the point where they can be arrested for doing something. Right, this, this story comes up over and over and over again. You know, even, even when bombs go off, Right, and it's like ah, he was n- known to the FBI. Like those, those they could have stopped, right? But they want they they wait until they do something that they can
2: arrest them for, rather than just prevent it outright. <laughs> but what reminds reminds me years ago when I was first learned how to drive, I was sitting in a left hand turn lane for a long time waiting to turn, wait, waiting for the the light to turn so I could turn left, and. There was a little sign up above that said you can't turn left between 3 and 5 p.m. There was a policeman sitting in his uh police vehicle, no, on his motorcycle or something like that, right across from me on the other lane. Um could have just indicated to me, "Hey, it's you know, you're not allowed to turn here." But no, he waited for me to turn, then he pulled me over and gave me a ticket, and I thought, "Gee, it would have been so easy just to stop me from doing it, but instead, you wanted yeah. me to make sure I did it and then and then you charge him with a ticket well this is so much more severe because now this guy's life is run yeah i just got a ticket
0: like what what does what a what would a 16 year old kid with autism do for isis that's going to be that harmful to america anyway like what could he have done let's presume he joins what damage can he do
2: sounds like he was ready to die to I mean, strap on um a bomb and blow up some other people but well no no he US. was
0: afraid that that's what they were going to use him for he w- yeah he wanted a <laughs> wife and kids and start a family and he was like now if i join isis they're just going to do you know because i'm a wimpy little little kid right they're just going to strap a bomb to me and blow me up like i don't want that either so he kn- he knew what you know what was likely going to happen and it none of which aligned with his goals Right. Of finding a wife and getting out of his parents' house, which noble goals. I don't know how I don't think ISIS would have, you know, ISIS was going to help. It also didn't nothing came about of like what the fascination with ISIS was. Right. Mm. Like I am not a I am not a white supremacist. Right. But I used to watch a lot of like documentaries on the Ku Klux Klan when I was in high school and stuff, because it was on the History Channel all the time. and I had no, no fantasies about joining, but it was just, you know, it was an interest. So what was, what was his interest in ISIS? Like, was his, his, his home life was so bad, it's like, I, I really should be joining this terrorist organization. Like, that's, that's the life for me. In a foreign country, with no familial support at all, I just want to move that far away from everybody just to get away from my current situation. And then at the end, like, had trouble
2: saying his goodbyes? Like, come on. And consider the time and money involved money for the FBI to, to be absorbed in this for two years.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's the other thing. Where, where's an autistic kid going to get those resources with the cryptocurrencies and whatnot? Was he working? Did he have a job? Does he come from a wealthy family? was he getting an inheritance of some kind? What use could he possibly have been? But nope, chalk went up. Chalk went up for the FBI. They stopped another terrorist plot that they alone created that would have would have been on nobody's radar but their own and much like your traffic ticket, right? Could have stopped well early on if they went, "Hey kid, you know, you're going about this all wrong." But nope. They wanted they wanted the headlines. But they got this headline, right? Mm. Like the, the, the tides are turning, at least outside the mainstream media, where they look like the bad guys all of a sudden instead of doing good for America. Where did his parents think he was going when they were taking him to the airport? They did not check his flight log?
2: Why are we dropping you off at the international terminal? He could have disguised it, uh, got a ticket to New York, and then okay. separately a ticket somewhere else. But, but yeah, but I mean... He, even that, I think, probably had to be. He had to be guided through, by some agent, how to disguise it from his parents. But that's it. that's. I mean, all this uh, really is um, perverse that the uh, government would. Well, I don't know. You, you think about First Amendment rights. You know, you, the freedom of speech. Well, um, I wonder if if it the manipulation of of your actions and so on uh, fits into a. A category of a violation of that you
0: know well if it's freedom of speech then everything he's you know all the chatter right posed no real threat he's just venting or saying whatever he did not he threatened didn't sound like he laid any threats to anyone you know any person or state mm-hmm. even in the article
2: mm-hmm
0: Right, it was just like you know. Aside from wanting to join ISIS, it was like just mundane chatter about how bad his life currently is, which I would presume is common amongst teens, especially now. You have anything on this, MC? Nope. All right, Ray Epps. Sure. Yeah, yeah you were the f- you first brought the the Ray Epps on, on. Um, uh, this article's gonna suck, but all right, we'll do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You can just talk about it if you want. You don't have
0: to read it.
2: <laughs> well, Who's I'm, Ray Epps, I'm sorry to say? Uh, go, go ahead and
0: fill uh, Canon then, or K
2: as in.
1: Ray Epps is the one caught on camera telling a crowd of people that we must go into the Capitol the day before oh. the January 6th. Oh, okay. And the crowd responded with, fed, 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 because they, they assumed he was oh. uh, uh, an instigator Oh, um, paid. <laughs> Paid somehow by the the government, and uh, probably he was. And then, and then, even worse, after after all this happens, and he gets called out, and they say, "Well, why didn't this one guy get arrested? He's on camera, so is he playing along with the federal government?" And so, it made it sure look like it, and, and then disappeared for a short that, period of time. That, uh, I think it was NBC or ABC, whatever. Uh, he he gets on sixty minutes and. And they have this long um, interview with him, making him seem like he's a victim. It's like, how are you a victim? Oh, well, people accuse me of being a fed. (laughs) So he's a victim for being called a government employee (laughs) (laughs) and he's upset about that and so he's going to sue Tucker Carlson for pointing, pointing out that he looks like he's a fed. (laughs) <laughs> Which he does, <laughs> you know. It's like it's not even questionable. That's what it looks like. Um, he might not be, but you can't sue somebody for saying that they look like they're a federal agent. You know, like I mean, if that's such a a negative thing to be called a federal agent, I mean that that would be a wonderful future to live in. You know, you're a federal <laughs> agent, but so hey. is Biden. Oh my gosh, You got to put this guy in prison.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so he was, he was the instigator and antagonizer, basically, of the January 6th insurrection. Uh, uh, I, I'll read the article. The reason I said it's going to suck is because it's got a lot of tweets, like, interspersed. So it's just a pain in the ass to get through all that. But here we go. Uh, Ray Epps, the man caught multiple times telling January 6th protesters to escalate their demonstration and go into the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, will spend no time in prison for his role that day. Instead, Epps had been given 12 months probation, $500 in restitutions, and 100 hours of community service. <clears throat> According to Epps' sentencing memorandum, Epps should have, served, s- should have served six months in jail. Although Epps engaged in felonious conduct during the riot on January 6th, the ca- his case includes a variety of distinctive and compelling mitigating factors which led the government to exercise its prosecutorial discretion and offer Epps a pre-indictment misdemeanor plea resolution, wrote DOJ Senior Trial Counsel Michael Gordon in his sentencing memo. Epps attorney Edward uh, Ungvarsky argued that Epps should serve no jail time and that right-wing political, I don't know what that word is, dramaturgists uh, resulted in Epps being attacked, defamed, and vilified. (laughs) According to the sentencing memorandum, Gordon asserted that Epps had been the target of false and widespread conspiracy theories that he was an undercover government agent on January 6th. Other mitigating factors including Epps calling the FBI on January 8th to explain his actions two days prior. Further, Gordon listed his cooperation with both the FBI and now defunct House January 6th Select Committee, uh, which lost video evidence of their witness interviews in what the DOJ describes as his efforts to de-escalate tensions between protesters and police. Epps only (laughs) acted in...
2: Yeah, you mean he, Epps, called the FBI two days before to explain what he was going to do? Two days after. Oh, two days after.
0: Yeah. So this happened on January 6th. He called the FBI on January 8th to explain himself. And they lost the video evidence of the witness interviews. (laughs) Quote, unquote.
1: So, so his explanation is that he he had a change of heart and he tried to de-escalate things because he didn't like to see the, the police, you know, getting attacked or uh, the 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 situation about to unfold. But the but the video from the cell phone shows Ray Epps leaning towards somebody, a white guy in a MAGA hat, whispering something to him. You know, he's got his hand covering his mouth, and then that guy immediately turns around. And takes one of the barricades down and proceeds to, you know, march towards the the capital. So it doesn't look like he was trying to de-escalate anything. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he told him, okay, now's the time. Now's the go. Time. <laughs> 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 and, and there you know?
0: are images and videos in this article if you wanna Chaos, if you wanna take a look at those. And, mm-hmm. and then not
1: only that, but he admits it. So he sends a text to his his family and says, I orchestrated this, ha ha. ha. Like like it, it was he was proud of it. <laughs> You know, it's like you even have a confession, and he's like, Oh, well, I didn't mean it. You know, it's like, What? You're,
0: you're insane. Uh, Epps only acted in, his, in furtherance of his own misguided belief in the lie that the 2020 presidential election had been stolen, reads the memorandum. However, due to the outrage directed at Epps as a result of the false conspiracy theory, he has been forced to sell his business, move to a different state, and lives reclusively. As, uh, as the Epic Times reporter uh, reports further, Epps' photo was removed from the FBI's January 6th Most Wanted page without explanation. On September 18th, 2023, prosecutors charged Mr. Epps with one count of disorderly or disruptive conduct in, in, in a restricted building on grounds, a petty misdemeanor with a maximum six-month jail term. On September 21st, Mr. Epps pled guilty uh, to the charge. In mere days, the high-profile case was dispatched a stark contrast to many January 6th prosecutions that have stretched across nearly three years. Sentencing in the case had been scheduled for December 20th, but the chief U.S. District Judge, James Boasberg, granted a continuance until 10 a.m. January 9th at the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C. In his sentencing memo, Mr. Uh, Ungvarsky said Mr. Epps' intentions all along was for peaceful protests at the Capitol on January 6th. Ray Epps understands the serious mistake he made when he joined others to attend the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th and to encourage others to walk to the U.S. Capitol to continue the protest, Mr. Ungvarsky wrote. At all times, Mr. Epps' intent was that the protest would be peaceful and would be done peacefully, Mr. Ungvarsky said. Those were his words on January 5th, and that was his intent on January 6th. Late on January 2nd, Mr. Ungvarsky filed a motion asking to shield under court seal the the identifying information of persons mentioned in Mr. Epps' forthcoming sentencing exhibits. For safety concerns, counsel had redacted the names and identifying information on persons who authored uh, or are discussed in exhibits and sentencing letters and memoranda. Uh, Mr. Onvorsky wrote, documented prior harassment and threats provide a specific basis for that request in this case. Uh, and that's the end of that article. So, the, the it's it's... <clears throat> It's disconcerting that he, he was the anti- antagonist instigator the whole time, right? Like he's the one that's started the, you know the move to go into the capital, and it's insulting to everyone else who's spent years in prison so far with, you know, still waiting a trial, uh, that he's not being treated with the same level uh, as everybody else. Like, they're they're picking off the protesters one by one and hanging them out to dry, months-long sentences, years-long sentences. But this fucking guy, right, gets off with mere community service after being basically the ringleader of it all.
2: It seems to confirm this idea that he was an agent who's (laughs) being excused from it, right? (laughs) Right. Is that what it is?
1: And and the left-leaning media is painting him as a victim. It's the most hilarious thing ever. It's like, wait, no, he's, he's a MAGA guy who started a riot and you're backing him up because somebody had a conspiracy theory. <laughs> so, so people with, consp- if, if as long as you have a conspiracy theory against you, that, then, then that means the left will come to back
0: you up. <laughs> like, it's, it's bizarre. the most ridiculous thing. If he's not a fed and not an undercover, right? It makes no sense. He was there to protest with all the other MAGA hat-wearing, you know, morons, right? And, and good on them, right? If you want to protest, go ahead and protest. I don't—it <laughs> it was not an—I still—I'll call it insurrection, you know, because it's funnier that way. But it was by no means an insurrection at all. Uh, but he was there with everybody else, you know. They, there's, there's his red hat. It says Trump on it, you know, going around, talking to people, antagonizing, instigating, as I said— the man, here's his one of the tweets, the man who took credit for orchestrating January 6th by encouraging people to raid the Capitol has been sentenced to 12 months probation, zero jail time. Meanwhile, there are truly peaceful protesters rotting in prison uh, simply for being there or whatever. Yeah. And now they're going
1: after people who didn't enter the Capitol and just happened to be there. Yes. Yeah. On the grounds, not not doing anything. Right, and they're and they're going after him. So,
0: which is which is why which is why this Ray Epps situation is even more bizarre, and disrespectful, and a travesty of justice all the way around. Right, if if you were going to pin this on one guy, not named Donald Trump, <laughs> that one guy would be Ray Epps, <laughs> and he's getting the, like the most lenient sentence of yeah. everyone they've caught. So the video
1: was him leaning down. Uh, whispering something to some guy, and, and then the barrier's coming down. And then the, the, what we don't have is a video. What, what he ended up doing is walking to the next gate, so there's multiple gates. He walks down to the next gate, and all of a sudden, that barrier comes down too. And then he apparently leaves or whatever his job is done.
0: And oh, then is that short- why he never actually went in?
1: And then, and then shortly after that, he, he texts somebody and says, I orchestrated that. You know, it's like <laughs>
0: those exact words. It's like, wow, oh, okay. Um, I get okay. So, you know, if he never actually went in, then does that change anything? Um, no, because like like, uh, like, he, like he said, he orchestrated it. No, I get it. But are the are the order followers less culpable than the order givers? If I, if he just said, you know, it'd be really cool, man. If you just like broke this barrier down and we all went inside. And then he goes to the next guy and goes, "You know, be really cool, yeah. man. That dude just broke down the barrier, and they all went inside. We should go inside over so, here." Well, if, and then he never goes inside. If Ray Epps is 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 a Fed, um, who is the
1: guy that that he uh, whispered to to you know take the barricade down? That's what I, I you know. There's no information. As far probably as some I'm, teenage I'm aware. kid
0: with autism.
2: Yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 probably. <laughs> Who he contacted two years before. <laughs> Fire him up on this. Get him right. I mean, I, I,
0: I can't tell from the picture because it's the back of the guy's head, but, you know. But just,
1: just like the, uh, the, uh, the, the security for the, the, that whole uh, place during, during that time, uh, he, he said, well, the, there, was, there was lots of federal agents in that crowd.
0: Of course there were. They had to have been infiltrated. Mm-hmm. There's no way there weren't plants. Right. But he's the, but he's the one so right. the the guy that ray epps leaned down to
1: to say take the, take the barricade down now is is that you know was was that guy also a fed or was he just a stupid trumper and the, yeah. the way the way that he did it it made it seem really suspicious it's not like he said okay now and he told everybody he told one specific person and then the barricade came down
0: <laughs> yeah no i'm with you it's 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 a bizarre situation and it's one of those things like we'll we'll never really know the truth. And even I don't know, when they but, give us the truth, it'll be hard to believe. I think I think the truth on video was was more than enough. Okay. But uh, but again, you don't know what he said. You don't know if he said like, "Okay, now's the time." Or, oh yeah, or, I don't hey, know kid, exactly
1: you know. what he said, but yeah. but ha- had it been a general order to, you know, just uh, random people there, he would have said take the barriers down now but he, he he made it seem like super suspicious and sneaky by only telling this one person like yeah. like oh I'm telling this guy this guy knows what to do so it's like he he he
0: knew like the, the plan and the order things were supposed to happen and, and when or much like you know the, the last story he found one guy who seemed to be more open to suggestion that yeah. happened to be standing by the barrier right it's like, hey man, you really want to make America great again? This barrier has to come down, son. Just do it for do it for your country, boy. Uh, yes, sir, Mr. Abs, sir. All right. And then once that one goes down, it's easy to walk over to the next guy and go like, hey, we already got the first barrier down. You're up for God and country. We're stealing sure. this election back. But I,
1: but I would like to know who that individual was. There's no there's no good information on that anyway i x is not that big a deal and so uh, yeah it's just a narrative they're trying to uh,
0: convince the public of so and and doing a fine job and right? it's it's only the j sixers that are going to be upset about this knowing that they're spending years in jail right they're, they're they're spending years in jail because they walked into the capitol under police escort after the barriers came down right and the guy who instigated the barriers coming down, you know, admitted to doing it and then walked away without actually going in. Like, I, I orchestrated that and then I walked away. Ha ha, suckers. Mm-hmm. Like, I've shared this on here before, but I, uh, it's nowhere nearly as related. But there was one time in, in high school um, that me and a buddy of mine orchestrated our entire class to get detention except for us and it's because like you know the the teacher was late for class and there's the unwritten rule that's not actually a rule but everyone you know it's a it's a it's a perpetuated myth i don't know how many high schools it it goes into but it's a perpetuated myth that if the teacher is 15 minutes late for class class is canceled and you can all just go home right it's not not written anywhere but it you know seniors tell it to juniors tell it to freshmen freshmen propagated up and down the line and we had this opportunity you know to to prank the whole class and i'd over my buddy and said watch this and the 15 minutes were up and i got up and said that's it 15 minutes are up i'm leaving and i kind of you know nudged my buddy to join me and so we both got up and we left class and apparently like the teacher showed up five minutes later than that and Noticed there was no class, and the next day we got to class, and everyone had detention. Like, oh, man, did you guys get detention? Like, oh, no, we didn't get detention. Like, how come you guys all got detention? And they were like, well, how come you guys, how come you two didn't get detention? You orchestrated this. Right? I go, oh, you know what it must have been? You know, we had these passes to go to this college recruitment thing, so we were excused from class anyway. (laughs) Ha, (laughs) ha, (laughs) ha. Right. But we orchestrated it right it was, it was like you know uh was it uh preparation locking hands with opportunity it could not have happened at a better time to just prank the whole class and give everyone detention because we already had passes to leave hmm. they were salty
1: well ray epps had a pass he did he clearly did by and, by the government and the media <laughs> that's yeah. the, the strangest thing that they put him on national tv yeah
0: the orchestrator of the J six riots, hundred hundred hours, uh, hundred hours of community service,
2: which I mean, that's easily written off. Final thoughts. Now, the restitution oh, is that due to him, or t- did he has to pay it to somebody, or do they does somebody owe him the restitution? Five hundred dollars.
0: No, he has to pay it. That's part of his sentencing, but it's it's five hundred bucks. It's going to go into <laughs> some like restitution general fund. Like, how many? Who who has he like? uh financially harmed where that money's gonna do any sort of good. Right? Who's the who's the victim of Ray Epps, you know, where that's gonna get the five hundred dollar restitution payment?
1: Uh the lady that got shot.
0: And her family? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll accept that. So uh, Ashley Babbitt's husband or whatever gets five hundred bucks from Ray Epps. Whoopity-doo. he do? Final thoughts? No. Nope. Nope. All right, let's wrap it up there then. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com on telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash the anarchist experience. And if you would like to contribute to this show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. I will talk to y'all next week. Peace. Aloha. <laughs>
2: The crowd grows. <laughs> A couple people in the front row. Okay, hey, yeah, yeah. Then the whole, audience, the whole auditorium <laughs> joins in.